That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? We ready? This will be the first time I did a podcast with three people, other than the one I did with them. I but hope he's I, recording right I'm now because we're starting host. with that, Morgan. Yes, I'm not even gonna lie. This was interesting. I don't like. I'm like, when, so where do you, where do, do I, I look? talk? Yeah, where do I look? What, what do I, what I do with my do? hands? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're officially underway then with Morgan's first podcast involving three people. Yes, yes, and I think it's gonna be amazing anyway. It's, we have, it's three amazing people. So what else would it, it be? It's gonna be amazing. It's already amazing. Yes. So I Uh-oh. would like <laughs> watch out. I would like to introduce <laughs> Kathleen O'Grady as our very first guest on that L Word podcast. Am I really? You are. Get out of town. First guest. We are, technically we kind of are. I'm, I'm I'm from somewhere else, and you are too. Wow, this is an honor. We're happy to have you. So Kathleen is a she was my she's my mentor coach, and she owns and runs. Authentic Leadership Advisors, and a uh, certified Authentic Leadership Coaching Practice and Academy, which is the school that I went through to be trained, and just an all-around incredible human being. Thank you, Jody. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. No crying. Not yet. All right. And if you cry, I'm going to have to really describe it for people so they can know what's going on. Yeah, so and I did my eye makeup for this. Whenever so, it's, you it's, know. it's her eyes slowly squint. And she she pauses for a second and looks at Jody and says, "Oh, I'm gonna cry." Morgan does voiceovers. If you haven't figured that out, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's gonna be a good time. Good time. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah. And today we're gonna talk a lot about authenticity and authentic leadership, and that's exactly why we wanted to bring Kathleen in because everything she does is uh, is talking about authentic leadership. I'm I'm listening. I want to. I want to hear what you got to say. I want you to teach me something. All right. That's the. That's what we're doing. Where do you want me to begin? Define it for me. Okay. Well, this is always fun because mm-hmm. when you look at the articles and and books that are published around this concept of authentic leadership and authenticity, there is quite a difference of opinion across the board, and uh, a lot of times you hear people say it's. It's all about being your true self. Okay. And I find I find that there's an issue with that to an extent because what true self? Like which self are you being true to? Because I don't think that we're static. I don't think that there's just one version of us that we have to go to Bali to find. I know that there are aspects of who we become through experiences and through choices. And so when I created the coaching model for the coaching certification, I had been taught a goals-focused model, which is pretty much generally what coaching schools teach. It's very basic, focus on the goal, vision how the action steps are going to roll out, hold them accountable to a timeline. Sounds great. However, what I realized very quickly was people were setting goals that were based in fear, or I should do this because if I do, I'll be stable. I'll be successful. Mm. People will respect me. My parents will pay for my college or my boss thinks I'm really good at this. All of the things that are not inherently authentic to that person's sense of who they want to be, it's who they think they have to be in order to succeed. Yeah. And 
when I realized that, and I realized I was coaching people to become more successful at being miserable, it broke my heart. <laughs> so I... Yeah, you, that's, a, that's a hard way to put it, though. Mm-hmm. And so the, the way in which we, I consider authentic leadership is recognizing that we're a work in progress, constant work in progress, and understanding that if you're not paying attention to the unintended impacts of your choices and your behaviors, then you're not, um, you're just going through the motions of life. Now, having said that, we all make mistakes. We all go into autopilot from time to time, and we just operate out of muscle memory. But with a lot of the clients that I coach, you've heard the expression, what got you here won't get you there. A lot of times they've been rewarded consistently for a certain kind of behavior or a certain kind of performance in their job, and they think that that's who they are until you, you give them permission to say, well, that's part of who you are, but where, where else do you want to grow into a new version of who you are, and, and what would it take for you to get there? For instance, we do a lot of work with um, Epic Games, which is the creator of Fortnite, and there's a oh lot... What? So don't mind. Yes. I got a lot. I, you know, with my job, most of them, they were like 17 to 21, you know, like 40 of them. And like Fortnite is like, oh, we're going to do Fortnite. They went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, I'm like, it must be a big deal. Yeah, you know? yeah I dropped that that term so that you could put it in your copy on the on the website. And then, you know, you search engine optimization yeah. yes. in your favor. Oh, my goodness. You're welcome. You are, Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> No, but so there's these these <clears throat> artists that are engineers, they're creatives, and they are really good at what they do. And so they then end up working there for a long time, and it makes sense for them to get promoted into management and leadership. But they have absolutely no clue how to be a leader because they've never been taught. And a lot of times they're thrust into these roles and they're satisfied with that because it's a good ego boost and it's a bump in their salary and they get more respect and they have authority. But it, but oftentimes when you coach them, you come to the conclusion that that's not what makes them happy. That's not what fulfills them. They'd rather be sitting there creating the content than managing people. And so that's where it's not it's not fair for people to put that kind of pressure on themselves to be something other than what brings them absolute joy and fulfillment. That's what we talked about. Because I'm about to, I'm, I got to speak here uh, today, um, and I, I was going to talk talking about self acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Identity, loving yourself, um, being able to lead yourself first before you can lead other people, and a big part of that is like leading yourself is really having a relationship with yourself. Like you don't know who you are, you can't really predict produce something that's authentic like like when you said that that's what I was that's what I was thinking about and a lot of people get into the thing where you start telling if you look at most very successful people that have that you think have figured it out what you're going to learn is like the Tony Robbins and like they start to do a lot of self-reflection just like you said these different selves and like what what am I creating not just what everybody wants because if you're doing what everybody else wants you're one you'll never be able to be successful Mm -hmm. Because it's not you, right? Two, uh, if you're doing what everybody else wants, like you'll never, like you just said, you'll never be happy. 
And if you ain't trying to create joy in your life, I don't know what you're doing it for. And when it comes to, you know, ego pops up every, we were just talking about it in a you previous talk episode. About ego again. It, every episode, it's gonna, <laughs> one of our listeners wrote in about ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that ego constantly pops up in your podcast. And how many times, Kathleen, have you seen where a leader's ego makes them believe that they want to, everybody else wants to, um, Josh will be able to, to mute that out, that a leader's ego makes them believe that everybody else wants to be a leader like them. And that's where you find people that are being put in positions that they might not necessarily want because the leader was not communicating with them effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm just, we're going to promote you because that's what you want, right? And they really have never sat down and had that honest conversation with with their person and allowed the person. In fact, I think I brought this up in another podcast. I was doing 360s one time. And one of the the people that I was talking to about the leader said, you know what I appreciate about that that person the most is that he's never pushing me to to go in, to move into a leadership position. This person had been there for a very long time and enjoyed exactly what they were doing and wanted nothing to do with leading people or any of that. And the, the leader that I was calling this person about um, had spent enough time with that person to, to understand that and never push them outside of their comfort zone in the sense of, oh, you've got to become a leader. You've been here for 10 years. Just provided that person the resources and ability to continue to be awesome at what they did because that's what made them happy. In turn, that's what made them a great team member. Well, what that makes me think of is when you, when you use the word ego, we can't, we can't eliminate the fact that that's part of our existence, right? The, the point of being an authentic leader is that you're aware that you have an ego and you're aware that it can, it can get in your way and it can screw things up big time if you're not careful. And so when it comes to leadership, ego-based leadership is about authority and power whereas authentic leadership is about responsibility and connection. And so when you're talking about that scenario, a true authentic leader would sit down and say, hey, I can't help but notice that you're thriving in this role. I see a lot of potential for you to go into a managerial role. I just want to check in with you. How does that land with you? Is that, a, is that something you could vision yourself enjoying in the future? And just have the conversation. And not, the other thing, I think the caveat to that is, and I love how you said um, ego is being self-aware enough. We all have egos, right? Everybody's got an ego. But being self-aware enough to know when it's, when it's becoming the, the, the monster on your back and trying to take over, as opposed to kind of keeping it where it needs to be. And a lot of leaders, I think, take it personally when somebody in their team says, no, I don't want to. I don't want to take, I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to work into a managerial role because then their ego is telling them, am I not, am I not a good enough leader that's inspired you to, to want to be a leader? Am I not grooming you well enough? Or when really it has nothing to do necessarily with that leader, it's maybe you're leading them so well that they're extremely happy being in the team and doing exactly what they're, they love doing. It's hard to believe sometimes though, like, I think that's where those the issue with people is like, I wanted to do this. I wanted to to have this position. They have to want to have it. That's right. They have yeah, to yeah. want it. Like they, it's, it only makes sense. And if and if they, if they don't want it, then 
why are they here? And then you question it, and you saying, well, if they got they don't want to move up, then they they're not doing their they're not working to their full potential. But like you're saying, both are saying that they are working to their full potential. But if you're not transparent enough and uh, and able to push the ego away to see that to actually have the conversation, that's when you said that I I want to go like, yes yes mm-hmm. because and as we you know we we had a podcast on on communication. Most people will not have the conversation. That's the problem. Like I, I work with an organization um, with a sales team, and I went up there in Boston. Actually, went to Boston and and talked to them. And the person was saying, you know, this is what is going on. This is what is going on. And then I asked her, so okay, you think that's going on? Did you ask them? <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other <laughs> thing is. There's so much nuance to this, right? So as coaches, and that's why more and more executives are getting trained and certified as coaches as part of their own career journey. In the past and still to to this day, when people wanted to expand their resume or get to the next level, they would get an MBA. But now people are getting coaching certifications because people understand that that's what's needed in leadership. And so when you think about confidence. Ego doesn't necessarily mean confidence. Confidence doesn't necessarily mean ego. Confidence is a good thing. And I had to learn that because I've been overcoming imposter syndrome since I started my business. And when somebody said to me, oh, um, Holly Jo, my my colleague, uh, she said, you should have a podcast. I was like, that's ridiculous. I'm not a podcast person. (laughs) And here you are. And she's like, Kathleen, you do realize that people need to hear what you have to say, just like you guys are right. here for the same reason. And so when a, when a leader sits down with their employee and they say, let's talk about you going into a managerial position, that leader has to be able to understand from a coaching standpoint, is this person resistant because it's not authentic to them or are they resistant because they're terrified? Right. That they can't do it. Yeah. And so it's it's balancing between encouragement and also understanding that it might not be the right fit. And it might be both. Yeah. They might be terrified that they're going to be bad at it. So then they don't, they just they say, don't well, even I don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's, I talk a lot about leadership. We is like talking about that, like, it's like it, all the way down here, writing the books, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an art form. And I think to me, that's the art side of it, is being able to read between those lines and see okay, is this person really just want to, they're happy where they are, which involves a ton of listening, right? Good, active listening. Or are they just afraid of taking the next step and need that little nudge? That's huge. I mean, that's where when the coaches come in and say, like, we talk about everybody else doing the work. Like, if we haven't done the work, we can't recognize the work that needs to be done. That's, that's my total belief, right? If you're not looking within first, how can you help somebody else? And you can see those that point where it's like, oh, that person is just good where they are. And then you can see those. Like, so that, especially I say this for the people listening to this, they're like, well, how do I figure that out? Well, if you do the inner work, the scary stuff, the courageous stuff, the bravery within yourself, it's more likely for you to be able to identify the difference between fear, right? And, and just, you know, that's not what I really want, the, the honest piece, right? And we, we stray away from that. We stray away from what well, I was reading earlier when I talked about it. Like, if you want to lead people, the first thing you need to do is, and the most important thing you need to do is you need to learn how to lead yourself. Right? Well, and the, the name of your podcast is The L Word. 
Yes. The way you can lead yourself the best is by learning to love, love yourself. yourself. Because the thing is, is that mm-hmm. when I think about what I do for individuals and companies, it's it can be overwhelming because there's so much fear that is pervasive in even the smallest of organizations, okay? And that's because the individuals within that collective system are are terrified of who they are. And so the more people who do that inner work, the more they show up. Because when someone really loves themselves, they're less likely to get into conflict because they're able to just say, whatever this is, it's going to get worked out. And I mean, I think the world of Jody, obviously, like I love him to pieces. And if, if there was something that came between us that was difficult, we would work it out because there is that connection between us. But the thing is that in most companies, people don't take the time to build those connections. And so when drama happens, it's just like fisticuffs. You don't know what to do. You're scared. I want to give you a plug real quick Okay. about, about your coaching um, company, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, that's why I wanted to, cause I, for me, certifications, I know that I, I've, I'm, I'm secure enough with myself to know that what I provide, I don't need anything for, right? But I do love knowledge. And when he was going, when Jody was going through uh, the academy, when he started talking to me about what you were doing, what he was reading to actually, like, get in more in touch with who he was, that's when I was like, okay, what is this? Like, what, what's going, because, I, like, I'm really, I'm, a, I'm a, almost like an anti-certification person. Like, if you ain't a... If you're not like a, a a lawyer or a doctor or somewhere that you, where you need that certification because of safety and law, right? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, you got to have a certification to do what? To tell you that you that was wrong? Yeah. No, I don't, you know. But like what I do love is like to be connected with organizations and people that get it, right? And and that they speak the same language that I do. And your academy was teaching him. He was reading books to, to really like dig deeper in himself and not, and not only – for him, but to be able to identify that in people. And so I, that's the reason that I wanted to, like, one day attend your course and be able to, like, share in that information. And, and, and I'm, 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 I, I ain't even signed up, but I'm excited about it happening one day, <laughs> right? Uh, and that now that I'm retired and I have more time, it's just, it, I just wanted to make sure I said that. Uh, and, that and that was as we talking about inner growth and uh, and you're here. Like, those are the things uh, why I came on LinkedIn and found you because of the things he had to say about you. I, I, and this is nothing negative. I don't care about the class, but the people there make me want to be there, mm-hmm. right? Well, but, yeah. <laughs> and so the the academy is set up. You know, Kathleen's got it set up. The first weekend is called Heart Weekend, and okay. it's all about getting to know yourself. Exactly what you and I talk about all the time. It's loving yourself. It's it's self awareness. It's having the courage to have difficult conversations, often with yourself before you can even have them with somebody else. And then the next weekend is mastery, and then the follow-on is, is business. And so it's Kathleen has it set up in a way that you start here first with yourself before you can even really get into anything else. And to your point earlier, Kathleen, I think having the courage to um, be able to have those conversations with somebody, right? So if somebody is telling you they don't necessarily want to to move into that position or uh, you are not sure whether it's fear-based or whether it's they're really living their authentic selves, a lot of leaders don't even have the courage to legitimately ask somebody, well, what is it you really want? Or what is it you're really afraid of? 
they will just say, oh, that's what you don't want. Boom. Then, then they're done with it. Or no, 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 you have to do this because they don't have the courage to sit down and ask the person, what do you really want? I see that all the time. So you work with, you work with, you, you certify coaches, you work with like your coach yourself, right? What do you, do you see coaches struggling with that too? Of course. We're just like everybody else. I, so like, I guess the coach would have a coach, right? Coaches, yes. yes. Coaches have coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, what What is, how do you identify that? Like if, if I'm, if say, I, say I want to go be a coach, but like, I'm not taking the courageous steps to get to know myself. Like, what could I do to to move forward? Well, I'm glad you asked. And and this this is something that uh, comes up a lot because coaching as a as a a professional service and industry is really just between 25 and 30 years old, according to the governing body, the International Coaching Federation, that established the standard of core competency and ethics for the training of coaches and the expectations of what they have to demonstrate in order to be certified and credentialed. Now, people can call themselves a coach, and it's legal to do so because it's not a a, a state or government like regulated or field, lawyer. like you were yeah, saying yeah. before. Uh, and so they, there's some fantastic coaches out there that don't have any training. However, they've done the inner work. The danger comes when someone's practicing as a coach they haven't done their inner work and they're basically playing, you know, Russian roulette with people's emotions and they don't necessarily know how to handle when somebody gets super triggered or goes down a path that really is a therapy conversation. And how do you redirect them to get the proper support for what they need? Because we're not qualified for that. We can take them, but so far. And so I was in a recent group conversation where somebody made the statement like, oh, well, I'm a little nervous putting myself out there as a coach because I don't know that I I know how to coach the way I'm supposed to. And the the other person said, oh, well, you don't don't need any sort of formal training. You've got the skills. You just have a marketing and a sales problem. And I was like, ooh. They're doing it for the money. Yeah. So I, I had a conversation with that person separately, and he's interested in getting trained because he realizes that that that's the right thing to do and that that kind of leads us into a, a great where do point. i sign up man like it's just, i didn't just intend talk, for this to, to be an info <laughs> like, this is good information right because I, I, i've never really had these conversations with people and like as we are been in the military you know 24 30 years uh, we ain't never been certified to coach people, but no, that's but, all we do. <laughs> well, but it's also, and, and Kathleen and I have had this conversation, we have a lot of leadership training in the military mm-hmm. that they don't have necessarily in corporate America, or they're just now starting to catch on to, hey, if you're a young person in our organization, we're going to lead you or teach you leadership skills. From the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. That's something that's the key. military, I believe, yeah. inherently does very well. Day one. For sure. <laughs> From day one. So, yeah. You're not necessarily, just like, you know, when I was practicing medicine, I can't do anything on the civilian side, but on the military side, I had all kinds of crazy medical skills. Yeah, I could write scripts. I could do all kinds of stuff. So I think it's analogous to that, right? Same thing with my medicine. I can't go out in the streets and practice. Um, So you do learn all these skills. We are trained in a lot of things. And then finding something on the outside where you can say, okay, how can I, I remember the first weekend I came back from, from, uh, 
from Calc and I remember it too. Yeah. Well, but the boss, my boss asked me, "Hey, how did it go?" And I said, "It's like going to a foreign country where you love the culture and you understand most of the language." Because what, you know, I've always been kind of a, a you know, a little bit of a hippie and and yeah, no kind self-aware of. and all that kind of stuff as I sit here <laughs> in my tie-dye kind of, shirt. Always, yeah, no but kind of. I, so a lot of what was going on there really spoke to me and I understood, but it also helped me translate and think of some things that I had been doing in a different way in the way that I was coaching and mentoring at work. And so it's just, it's more tools. We always talk about tools in the tool bag, right? It's just more tools to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that's where that is. And I was just getting ready to shift gears because I, I wanted to, I think we're about halfway through and I wanted to note that Kathleen is number one in the top 10 list of USA Today coaches, which is an amazing feet in and of itself. And she's also an MCC. So in the ICF um, certification process, there's three levels. Okay. I'm going to stop you. I know. I'm, I'm going to explain it. Okay. I'm going to explain it. <laughs> ITF to TBD. We were and all just that. talking about listening in a previous episode. <laughs> Somebody obviously needs help. I'm stopping now. Um, oh, I just dropped my chair. So an MCC is a, is it Stanford Master Certified, certified Coach? Mm -hmm. 5,000 mm -hmm. hours. Um, I believe it's 2,500, oh, 2, but I had around 5,000 okay. when I applied for it. Cause I, I got, I was too busy to, to do, it's a Darn. lot, of, it's a yeah. big process. I, I would so do it twice. Think about that. 20, you know, Kathleen's got 5,000 hours of coaching clients. Like that is, that definitely makes you an authority on coaching yeah. and, and the level of coaching that she does is, is probably unmatched by many. So Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, yes. like, yes. That's amazing. And that leads me into a question that I feel you have the absolute authority to be able to answer, which is why is it important for leaders to have coaches? Because nobody can lead in a vacuum and they can't trust the people within their organization to be able to hold their confidence, their confidentiality, their vulnerability, their fears, and to really sit with them with absolutely no agenda and know how to ask the right questions to get that person to their own realization of, of what's a blind spot of theirs or where they they have yet to grow. And that's, that's the whole reason coaching exists is because if you – if you can't sit down with someone who's responsible for a significant amount of money or people's livelihoods or their ability to come to work and feel good about themselves, then, you know, people just kind of run amok <laughs> if they don't have any guardrails. And so that's where companies have gotten more and more clear that it's not about bringing in consultants. That's part of it. Consultants will say, okay, here's what you're doing wrong. Here's how to fix it. That's the function of the organization. The feeling of the organization is the culture. How does it feel to work with a colleague? How does it feel to be part of an organization that is, is growing at such a rapid rate that from one day to the next, you don't know, like, who you're working with? And, and that's what company cultures have to deal with all the time is they have to storm through the drama to get to a place of connection. I hope that answers your question. It does. And 
I would add bias, right? And you, yeah. you spoke to it in the sense of, it doesn't matter. They could be your best friend. If, if Morgan and I are talking, regardless of, of what it is, Morgan has a bias. And, and usually, especially if we're friends or close, you're going to side with me. And a coach is in a completely unbiased, it's probably the most unbiased ear you're ever going to get. It's somebody who can come in and call you on your BS. You know, if you, and I've done this with a I, lot I, of clients. That's defined. Good coach. Of course. Yeah. yeah. A good coach. Yeah, you know, good, some people are right. like, oh, no, you're right, bro. They wrong. Yeah. That's yeah. not what we're here to do. That's right. Yeah, that's not what we're here to do. A good coach is listening with with an attentive ear and going to call you on something or help you explore what your part in whatever's going on is and gain that self-awareness so that you can then lead your teams better. Yeah, because everybody likes to play the blame game, right? Like, oh, if it wasn't for this or if it wasn't for that. And and then the coach says, like you just said, okay, what's what's your part of this? Mm-hmm. What can you actually impact? And what would you have to believe about yourself to create that impact? And the, the books, the reading list that yeah. you mentioned before, yeah, I intentionally make them so diverse that I want them to piss people he off. He told me about I something. He told oh, me about a I know book. What, I know what you're talking about. She took it off the reading list. Finally. She did? Oh, it, was, it was about animals or something. Spirit was, animals or something like that. It got so... It, it was the first book I read. It was Nature and the Human Soul by Gary Zukav. That was it. Yeah. It's so That's the one I remember. He came back and was like, bro, this book, man, this is this is out there. So I was reading it, and it was the first book I read. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? And I'm like, who is this guy? And then I flipped to the cover, the back, you know? Right. He was a Special Forces guy in uh, a Green Beret in Vietnam. He I'm like, come on, it, man. He's been holding it back, man. Wow. It was out there. But Kathleen does have a great, and you and I talk about books all the time. And I think it is good to have a shotgun pattern of books because even that book, I pulled some things from that book. You pull something from every book or every person you talk to, every conversation you have, and and that's what you bring in to increase your own self-awareness. Yeah, I was reading uh, Alice in Wonderland the other day, and I like listened for real, intently. And there's so many teaching points in there. It's so... It, it's endless it, metaphors, endless met- yes, metaphors. Yes, like yeah. going throughout the book. Like I, I, I've read the book before. You heard the story a thousand times. You've seen the movies, and you just like, oh, this is crazy. It's grow big. It's grow small. And the, the the cat and all the different crazy people and the and the uh, what's that? What they call it? The one with the the queen with the big head. Oh my god! How many leaders you know like that? You know, off with their head. You yeah. know what I mean? And you start seeing so much into it. But that, I, that's to what you just said about the diversity of the books that we read. We're not just stuck in one genre uh, or just stuck in one pattern. We we go down different roads to get different experience. So when we go to coach people, that we can relate in some way, shape, or form. I always make it a point to be able to relate to anybody I talk to. If it's doing professional coaching or if it's doing athletic coaching, I ask you, like, what do you do for a living? Right? If I don't already know, what do you do for a living? So I can speak your language. So I can understand what you're saying. Because if you're trying to, again, we go back to communication. If you're trying to explain, you know, to the dang on um, the chef uh, how to do something in the engineer mind frame, he's not going to get it, right? But if you say, okay, what is what he measurements, mm-hmm. right? Taste, feel, look. And you talk to him in that, that in that way, then that's what you can get. And I think that's what reading the book. I, 
When you said reading list, I was like, yes. Well, and and the thing is, we want people to have such a um, strong reaction to certain content in the books where it almost like repulses them. Like, that's not true. I don't agree with that. (laughs) This is pseudoscience. This is bullshit. You know, and that's. That's on purpose because say a client comes to you and that's their belief system. Challenges them. How yeah. are you going to sit in non-judgment in, in the presence of somebody or that you don't it. agree with yeah. and be okay with that? And the other component is it helps to broaden the people's, uh, the reader, the, the student's mindset in terms of staying open and curious about things that they think they know when they really don't. And so everything in life is a theory and a hypothesis, and we're, we're figuring it out as we go along. And so this concept of reality is something that we're, that we're making up and choosing to have based on consen- consensus, okay? And so you, when you're rigidly going through your life and, and assuming to know everything, then you have failed. Because if you're not continuously learning and saying, well, you know what? I don't agree with that. But what if I did? What would what would be different if I, I entertain that? I'm going to hit you with something. Though. We don't like talking about religion, but I'm going to brief on it. I'm going to go real brief. Okay? Brief. Real brief. But that's what, like, I feel that about religion because I grew up, like, uh, Baptist. Then we were Christian. Then my mama was Jehovah's Witnesses. And then my stepdad was Nation of Islam, Right. What I learned from that is not only what I confused as a child, but (laughs) (laughs) what I learned from this is is like how can you move forward in what you're doing if you don't understand everything around you, Mm -hmm. right? And I was the religious thing is like if you say this is the what you understand, if you're trying to convince me that this is where I should be, how can you convince me of something that you and you know nothing about everything else around you? I can't believe you. You don't have enough information to share with me. To, to actually prove your point or your hypothesis. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. So that's where I think it's, it's, it's coming outside the box and listening. And the more diverse you can be with the content you intake, right, reality TV or whatever yeah. else, we, whatever else we, we, we're talking about, is you're just not doing uh, yourself any justice, but you're surely not doing your client any justice. And if we always talk about, like, um, if you want to grow as a, as a business person or a professional, it's about reading. It's about ingesting large amounts of information, not just mindlessly, but with intent. And that's the key. Like you said, like you want them to get something from those books that just slaps them in their face. And you're like, why am I reading this? But guarantee it, like, because I'm now I now that we know what the I'm gonna go, we're gonna read this, but I'm gonna read the book. I'm gonna go get it just to see because I want to understand, because I like stuff that slaps me in my face. Yeah. That's that's what I want because. If I continue to stay on the same path I've always been on, then I always will have one set of rules, and I don't want one set. I want many. Oh, I'm going to recommend so many books to you. Come on, <laughs> I read. I read. No, I read. Yeah, every, he reads everything. Everything you give me. That's the reason I can talk about so many things. You know what I mean? And so, because like for me, I don't have. I don't have any college. I have some, but like I, that wasn't. That's not the direction that I wanted to go. So I said, what could make me just as knowledgeable? I was like, I need to intake as much information as I can with intent. And that's what I do. And, and that's what I've been doing. And that's what makes you a better communicator in general. Yeah. Right? Because it opens your mind. And you you realize you're going to encounter people <laughs> that have completely different beliefs and all that kind of stuff. And when your mind is open, 
and you're confident and your ego is at bay, you have the ability to say, okay, maybe I don't agree with what you're saying or I don't understand what you're saying, but I accept the fact that those are your beliefs or that's that's the at least the position you're coming from. And if we're trying to connect on a communication level, then I know better, right? Yeah, I got it. I know how, how I can How do you deal you. with people when we talk about, we tell people like, okay, this is what you need to have, right? This is what you should be doing. This is how you make a, be a, become a better coach. Or this is what a better coach does. But how do you deal with people that, can everybody be a coach? No. Right? No. What does that look like? Like the, the, the person that probably shouldn't be doing it. That that would be the the individual who has too much of a desire to be the expert in the relationship. Because when you're a coach, the client is the oh, expert. It just happens, Jody. I know it happens to him all the time. Jesus he just had a moment. Christ. You gotta give him a second. This is a more, I'm gonna call these Morgan moments. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, oh this just reminded me about it just it always reminds me of home because I'm doing so much to develop that. Like I can I'm the world. I'm Superman. Superman. I come home. They don't nobody care what you you talk to. They don't like. They don't. They don't care. Like you, Morgan. There. Like that's all I am. But with, I'm not the expert. I'm not the expert. That's what I have to keep telling myself. But that's huge. Like that is a moment, man. Like and you realize when you've been doing something wrong for so long. And that's what we break people of. Yeah. In in the program is coaching to the topic and not the person. And then when coaching to the person, making it about them 100% versus the cast of characters and the story that they're making telling. Making them the hero. And mm -hmm. also not assuming to know anything about them based on their job title, their demographic, their gender, their age, none of that. You have to come with absolute curiosity. And the simplest questions are usually the most profound. The beginner's mind. Beginner's yeah. mind, yeah, absolutely. And and that's exactly it. And that's what drew me to Kathleen's program as opposed to the others I'd been looking at is the others were not, they were looking at goal setting. They were looking at all of that stuff. When I had that conversation on the phone with Kathleen, I was like, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a people person. And her whole program is designed around the person. And the fact that I'm not the expert in anything makes me, uh, gives me the ability to coach anybody because you're the expert. You just need somebody to ask you the questions where you can answer the questions. In fact, it's more difficult to coach somebody who has the same subject matter expertise as you. So if you come from point. an engineering background and you want to coach and you coach engineers, you're screwed. Because <laughs> you want to solve their problems. <laughs> because you want to fix or, their yeah. problems. You stop you, being the coach. You, be told, yeah. you become trying to take over their position. Or you become the mentor mm -hmm. or the consultant. And they're not that, that's not what you're there for. Yeah. I know. Morgan I love Lohman. this part. Like, this is the part. This is the, <laughs> some people do drugs. I do knowledge, right? Like that's <laughs> that's my, my drug of choice, man. I, I, I really love I love it. I love people. And it's just when you're able to see the world differently, you can experience it differently, and you get more joy from it, and that's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Kathy, we're going to start coming to a close here in a few minutes. Um, <clears throat> one of the questions I have is, what is your favorite part about being a coach? What brings you joy? Don't give us no superficial answer. <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> I'm going to think about it. Uh, I would say, and I was... 
this conversation with a potential student for Calc the other day. There is no better feeling than to be able to bear witness to somebody coming to a relationship with themselves that is is more loving and positive and to to get to a place within their life experience where they just let go of all the bullshit and they say, oh, why am I making this so hard on myself? I don't have to do this. I mean, all the time when I coach executives on burnout, it's not because the company culture alone, it's because they have allowed themselves to lose the ability to have healthy boundaries. And then they make the decision that that's not how they're going to operate anymore and everything changes. And then the other component is we always grow as coaches in in every single coaching relationship. It's impossible to not have that mirrored back to us and like, okay, why is it that every time I coach somebody, it seems that they're dealing with something that I'm dealing with presently? <laughs> like, it's like going to church and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you like, oh, did he? Did he talk to somebody I know or something like that? Yeah. So even when we do the, the trainings and all of that, every single time it's different. And every single time we're polished just as much as the client. I believe that. Because when I talk to clients and I, I sometimes feel guilty about it, but I'm like, man, this feels like they're my friend or something. Like, like, right. like we good people, but like I'm still, it's, it's still like a, a coach-client relationship. But when you're having a conversation, it's like, it's so fluid and it's like they open it's coaching when you get when you get to a good athlete or athlete coach or a coach client, whatever it is, when you get a good relationship with somebody, it's like it just it's everything that you hope the relationship would be. You said relationship three times, and I think that's the key word. Relationship. And and a lot of folks don't necessarily understand that. And you said something earlier that made me think, and I was gonna say it then, but I didn't want to interrupt you. In coaching, you're gonna do a fit call. Right. And at least we do. And I'm assuming yeah. I know you oh, do. Yeah. So oh. you do a fit call because you can't. Not every coach is suited for every single client. Right. And you have to make <laughs> sure that you fit because it is a relationship. And the person that you're going to be coaching absolutely has to feel comfortable enough where they would open up to you and trust you implicitly and tell you probably things they wouldn't even tell their best friend, because that's the only way they're going to be able to explore what's going on inside of them and figure out, you know, and grow from there. Yeah, sometimes I take, I take, I've taken up to seven days to decide if I'm going to work with somebody because I think we maybe need to have another conversation because sometimes you can see them on the brink when mm-hmm. they just, and I let them know, like, if you really want this, I need more from you right now so I can understand what you're asking me for. And let, let's come, let's think about it. Let's come back to the conversation maybe in a couple of days. And sometimes they're like, yeah, I'm just not interested in going that deep. That's fine. But then they, some people come back and they like they just open up to you and they and they appreciate it. They really appreciate it because they they the one thing they say is no one has ever done that for me before. Nobody's ever given me the space, you know. And I won't take clients that want me to tell them what to do. Yeah. And when we're doing a fit call, <laughs> I make sure they understand what my version of coaching is, which is very much listening based. I listen. There are sessions where I might say. You know, in, a, in an hour-long session, I might talk three minutes the whole time, and those are just questions. And I know that a, a client has turned the corner when they tell me things like, I hear you in the back of my head saying, what would Jody ask me right now? 
that's when you know they're you know they're starting they're realizing the power that they have within themselves to solve the, the issues the obstacles that they face every day because everybody goes through like that's what i tell people like like we talk about coaches go through the same stuff like we i, I sometimes like oh you got it all fit. no i don't have it figured out i just I, I realize it quicker than you do right i understand the tools that i have i use them immediately instead of waiting for a week or two months from now. i gotta throw this out there because this is one of my favorite memories okay. from from the training Years ago, there was a practice session. We, we partner students to coach on real topics. And it was two gentlemen, and one was going on and on about something very deep related to his relationship with his son, which was strained. And the coach basically said, what is it that you'd like to spend our time on, you know, opening the session? And the guy just was talking, talking, talking. And we give about a 10-minute time frame for, for the session. And... The coach just sat there and held the space and listened. And then the client stopped talking, and the coach knew to let that silence lay. And, and like, we we're all sitting there, and you could hear, like, a pin drop. And all of a sudden, the client goes, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and he hadn't said a word. Not a word. <laughs> oh, man. And so a lot of times, clients will, will make up the things that they think we've told them but they really came from their own voice. Oh, yeah. we said we their uncovered own... something. It's already yeah. there. That is that's an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. That's awesome. And I think to your point, Morgan, too, having the courage in yourself to admit, you know, you say you come to it quicker, quicker or we've got the tools to deal with it. And one of the major tools is the courage to say, okay, what's really going on here? And what do I need to tell myself to get through it? That's right. <laughs> And that's I'm where a lot problem. of people struggle struggle is is having the courage to look within and either squash the ego or say, you know, what's really going on here. And I do want to also mention because I get I hear this a lot and I'm sure you do too with the when you're teaching the program is people sometimes think they have to have their shit together in order to be a coach. <laughs> like before they embark on a coaching certification, mm -hmm. but if the certification is doing the right things it will help you get to the point where you're not you're not ever going to be fixed you're just a work in progress mm -hmm. like I said before and so a lot of times people who are drawn to become coaches have had a lot of trauma in their lives but you have to make sure that you've dealt with that trauma or that you're actively dealing with it continuously in order to separate yourself from the client and their story and not project onto them uh, things that that are not part of their experience. Yeah, again, client focused. It's all, it's a their mm -hmm. story that you're working on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, I think we're coming to the end of our time. You are. You are this. I, I can do. I, I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, when are we bringing her back? Yeah. Like, like, and I'm really, I don't. I, I do a lot of podcast interviews, host stuff, like away from here, even with our own, and like, it, you, it's rare that you get really good guests. You know, we're gonna have amazing guests, but when you get the ones that really touch you, you know, I've set like, the bar high. So. You set the bar really Sorry, high. Sorry, guys. You set the bar really high. <laughs> and like, you know, you know, maybe we, we uh, you know, I go through the course and come back and we just talk about that experience. Oh, yeah. There. You know, that's, I'm, I'm always creative. Creative. That's right. A bookend. <laughs> exactly. Before and after. So Kathleen, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they're interested in the course or coaching or any of that? Yes. So our website is, uh, AL-Advisors, and that's O-R-S, not E-R-S. And there you can find um, 
the amazing Jody Fletcher and a number of other great coaches and, and experts. We we offer training, organizational development, executive coaching, the globally accredited coach training certification. So we're the the expansion of of this thing is basically just kind of created itself. I never would have thought at some point that I would have Jody Fletcher as a colleague. <laughs> Like I still can't believe it. I'm, I'm more than happy That's to say that. How we met? Like okay. we know, we never. It just happens, you know. I think the universe brings good it people does. together, and that's. I think I'm getting lazy now. I'm like, oh, Jody's got this. <laughs> <laughs> I just snorted. It's good. Well, we appreciate you coming, and I, I I learned a whole lot, and I look forward to actually turning these mics off and talking a little bit more. Actually, yeah, I would love it. Thanks so much, Kathleen, for uh, for coming on, and we appreciate it. And, Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Thanks for listening. See ya.